Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Unbelief is a thief. It wants to rob you of the promises of God. It wants to plunge you into depression and despair and self-doubt. Unbelief comes and says, it's impossible. But I hear the voice of God saying, all things are possible. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. Changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. God sometimes calls us to things which will ultimately change the lives we had planned for ourselves. Pastor Ed tells us today that Abraham was living a good and stable life. He could have done nothing more and would have been perfectly fine doing so. But his obedience to God had him moving from home without a destination. We learn through Abraham's example what obedience to God looks like. Believe in God's calling for your life, wherever it may take you. Know that His plan for you will be great. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. Did you notice that every year, many of the news magazines have articles, the 10 best places to live. And you know, in those articles, they will tell you about the economy. Now, imagine a place where the economy was booming. They had jobs for everyone who wanted a job. Housing. Well, how's housing? That would be a question we all might ask. Uh, They're on the cutting edge of building homes. Their new brick homes were just uh, not only in fashion, but the best technology there was. Well, you might ask, I'm a New Yorker. I'm used to entertainment. You know, I'd like to be able to uh, go places and see things. Well, they had musicians. They had artists. Everything there you could imagine to enjoy. And in fact, for science and the arts, they were a leading city. Now, it wasn't too bad, 400,000 people. Now, if you like the city, you could live in the city. Or if you like the suburbs, you could live in the suburbs. You ask, how about the temperature? I'm tired of all this snow. Well, the temperature was nice all year round, and you didn't have to worry about snow. And women... It was known, the place is known for its fine jewelry. That's not a place to live. That would certainly make the top 10. Well, then why in the world would someone ever leave a place like that? Not just for a step down, but a jump down. Imagine going from that environment to living in a tent. Ladies, you'd be pretty upset with your husband if they said that's where we're going, wouldn't you? Well, let me read you his story. It's found in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. And the Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, 
and your father's household and go to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He began in the era of Chaldeas. And that was a location we were talking about. It was a great place to live. Abraham, are you having a garage sale? No, I'm moving. You're moving. Abram, where are you moving to? I don't know. Abram, what do you mean you don't know? Where are you going to be working at? Well, I'm not quite sure. Abram, why are you moving? Why are you uprooting your family from this beautiful community? Well, God told me to. The power of the call. From Abraham's time, throughout the Old Testament, into the New Testament, when Jesus said to his disciples, come, follow me. And has gripped men and women and dynamically and dramatically changed their lives. Listen, can you hear him calling? Do you hear him calling you? Is he calling your name? The power of the call. If you hear it and heed it, it will transform the way you live. Now, this call was actually a divine summons. In Hebrews 11.8, the author of Hebrews says, By faith, Abraham. Abram's name was changed later to Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. God visited Abram in the Earl of Chaldeas. I don't know if it was a night vision. I don't know if it was a theophany like happened in Genesis chapter 15. But in some way, somehow, God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, you have to leave this comfortable lifestyle that you have, and I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. Now, that call had authority with it. It was a divine summons. You know, when God speaks, he knew to obey would be costly, but to disobey would be far costlier. He knew that to disobey, something on the inside would die. His spirituality. He didn't know the direction, but he knew he must obey. G. Campbell Morgan asked you this question, and he asked me this question. He said, you know no disturbing voice? You know no disturbing voice? Have you ever heard that disturbing voice? God never points out for you a pathway altogether different from the one you had planned. Then, my brother... You are living still in the land of slavery. 
in a land of darkness. Do you have a steel bubble around you? You're not listening to God's voice. You're not hearing nor heeding his call. Because he is calling, he is speaking. He knows your name. Think back to the place of your spiritual darkness. Think back. Maybe it was in college. Or it was you going through life as an adult. Or you were a teenager. Wherever it was, think back to the place where you heard that summons, that voice, where God said, Son, daughter, I have a plan for your life. Come, follow me. Now that summons is always divine grace. It's always a summons of divine grace. God doesn't look over the face of the planet and say, there's one. They have all the good qualities that I would like. There's another one right over there. They are just absolutely the best of the best. I'll, I'll, I'll use them. No, it's not the way it happens. The summons is a manifestation of divine grace. In Acts 7, 2-3 it reads, To this he replied, This is Stephen speaking before the Sanhedrin council, or before those who are going to judge him. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to a land I will show you. The God of grace appeared to Abram while he was still a sinner, a Gentile. God called you not because you were better than someone else. God chose you not because you were more talented, more spiritual, more gifted, more open. He chose you because that's his nature to choose the least. Let me say that again. That's his nature to choose the least. The chiefest of sinners, according to Paul's testimony. See, after we've been saved a number of years, we forget where God brought us from. We forget where we could have been and would have been and should have been. I like the words of Joshua to his people, to the Israelites, after they had conquered the land, settled most of the land, or a good deal of the land, His farewell address to the people, Joshua says, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Long ago your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abram and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river. God spoke through Joshua in Joshua's last days of his earthly journey. And he brought Israel together and said, God chose your forefathers. He chose you, not because you were better than others, but because of his great grace. Your forefathers worshipped other gods. Look at your pedigree and recognize, as Isaiah the prophet pointed out to the Israelites, remember the rock from which you were hewn, the pit from which you were dug. They were idol worshipers. 
God chose us not because of ourselves, but in spite of ourselves. You know what? When God comes down to any one of us, he is always coming down. He's always condescending to the deep, miry clay. As a songwriter wrote, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. Now imagine you lived in a land where there was a king. And the king declared that prostitutes were no longer the offscouring of the earth. And they had been forgiven of all of their lifestyles and all of the sin. And the king went a step further. He said to the prostitute, I want you now to be queen. You think she'd want to go back to her prostitution? She'd have to be insane. Beloved, we were married to the world. Our souls were defiled. But the king of glory picked us out as his glorious bride and lifted us up to a high position. Why would any of us ever want to go back into the old life, into the old world? God has given us a position far higher, far greater than we ever had and the world could ever have given us. Hallelujah. He gives you the opportunity to live on higher ground. His summons is a summons of divine grace, not any worthiness in yourself, but all of the glory belongs to him. Now, his divine grace chooses unworthy people, but there's something else to it. Not only the manifestation of divine grace that you see in the summons, but the demonstration, say that again, the demonstration of divine grace in Genesis fifteen seven, he also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the Ur of Chaldeas to give you this land, to take possession of you. See, Abraham had to recognize that it was God that plucked him out of a life of sin. That it was God that loosed him from the shackles and the chains of the old life. That it was God that redeemed him. It wasn't that you suddenly decided to make yourself more worthy. It wasn't suddenly that you decided that I'm going to reform and change. It was the powerful grace of God working in your heart, doing for you what you could not do for yourself. See, that's the secret of deliverance from sin recognizing the power of God to change you. You could muster up your will again and again, but if you're in bondage to sin, it's so hard to break out of that chains, so hard to break out of that prison house, but when the grace of God comes in you, he changes you right from the core of your being, and God said to Abraham, Abraham, when you look back, when you recognize, recognize that it's me that had brought you the far that it's me that has taken you out of the miry clay that it's me that has loosed you from the shackles and the chains of the past now here's a good word from Warren Worsby he interprets Hebrews 11 8 to 10 he says this we are not saved by making promises to God underline that we are saved 
by believing God's promises to us. It was God who graciously gave his covenant to Abraham and he responded with faith and obedience. How you respond to God's promises determines what God will do in your life. Unbelief is a thief. It wants to rob you of the promises of God. It wants to plunge you into depression and despair and self-doubt. Unbelief comes and says, it's impossible. But I hear the voice of God saying, all things are possible. Unbelief says, I'm too tired. I'm exhausted. But God says, I will give you rest. Unbelief says, nobody really loves me. But God says, I so love the world. Unbelief says, I can't go on. But God says, my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Unbelief says, I can't do it. God says to us, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Unbelief says, I'm not able. But God says, you are able. Unbelief says, it's not worth it. God says it will be worth it all. Eyes have not seen nor ears have heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Unbelief says I can't forgive myself. God says I forgive you. Unbelief says I can't manage. God says I'll supply all of your needs. Unbelief says, I'm afraid. God says, I've not given you the spirit of fear. Unbelief says, I'm worried and frustrated. God says, cast all your cares on me, for I care for you. Unbelief says, I don't have enough faith. God says, I've given to every man, every man, every man a measure of faith. Unbelief says, I'm not smart enough. God said, Jesus Christ is our wisdom. Unbelief says, I feel alone. God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Who will you listen to? The voice of God or the voice of unbelief? Who will you embrace? Unbelief or the promises of God? Abraham said, I believe. I believe. I believe God. Hallelujah. See, God's divine summons is a manifestation of grace. He called you not because you are worthy. And by the way, he keeps you not because you're worthy either. Do you think it's changed? No, 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 no. Now, you've changed, and you're changing. You're not what you were, but you're not what you're going to be yet. Unbelief change. Unbelief will change you, but God's faith in your heart will free you to be more than you could ever have imagined you could be. See, the divine call is a summons from heaven. It's a summons of grace. And it comes with the authority of the creator of the universe who will create in you a new heart and give you a new mind and a new spirit. (sighs) The call must be heard and it must be heeded. The call creates 
a separation. It does. When the call enters your heart, a separation transpires. In Genesis 12, verse 1, it reads, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to a land I will show you. God's call comes, and you have to leave the old life. Abram's father, Terah, his name means old man. And it seems that when God came and appeared to Abram in the Earl of Chaldeas and said, get out into the land of Canaan, they came with him, but he stopped short. And he was sort of stuck in Haran until his father passed away, the old man. You can't really get into the promised land until the old man dies. Until that old nature has been crucified. Now, this call is a fork in the road. It means that you're going to go in another direction. When the call comes, it means you're going to leave your former way. You're going to live differently. You're going to withdraw from sinful associates. Hello? Say that again. You're not with the same crowd anymore. When the call comes, it will separate you and sever you from worldly pursuits. This call disconnects you from the secular lifestyle and connects you to the sacred lifestyle. See, God brings you into his courtroom when you're saved. He declares you justified. He declares you sanctified. And he pronounces a divorce over you, a divorce from the world. And now you're married to him. And so that's what God does when he calls us. He separates us. I believe that... The call creates a separation from the world. In 2 Corinthians six seventeen, it reads, Therefore come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. It separates us from the world. What does the church mean? The church is in Greek, ekklesia, the called out once. If you're a part of the church of God, You've been called out. God's performed heart surgery on you. And he's given you a new heart. And he's separated you from your old life. That's why you can't be comfortable with those old friends and those old environments and in those old ways. Now, I know that choosing is hard. Uh, I want to read to you a testimony of a man by the name of Billy. Listen carefully as I read to you his testimony. I don't think I ever felt so out of place. I never felt such pains of loss either. It had been about three years since I had seen these folks. This was the crowd I hung out with at school. We laughed. We cried together in the late hours of the morning. Uh, We listened to the Doors and the Beatles playing in the background. We solved the world's problems. We griped about our parents. We partied together. And we'd gone to every major rock concert there was. They were a part of me and who I had become. But at that moment, they made me uncomfortable. 
As we walk through the life of Abraham, we ultimately see that God did indeed fulfill every promise. Even though Abraham was very old and his wife had been barren for years and years, God's will could not be prevented from happening. The promised child was born and the nation of Israel began. Abraham followed God's directions even when it didn't make any sense. And his faith stands out as a shining example to us today. Even when life around you doesn't make sense, God's purposes can't be stopped. He'll do everything he's promised. We hope these messages have been encouraging to you also as you journey along this life with the Lord. We love bringing the word to you, but we know that life is meant to be done in community with others. Are you plugged into a local church? If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area, we'd love to see you at Faith Assembly. Our services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. You can find out more on our website, buildinginfaithradio.com, or give us a call at 845-462-5955. We'd love to talk with you about any questions you have or walk through what it means to give your life to Christ. That number once again is 845-462-5955. That's all we have time for today. We pray you step forward in faith, leaning on God to provide all you need along the way. Join us again on Building in Faith Radio to learn more about the life of Abraham with Dr. Ed Jones. Your word restores.